2: This is the best of two pros in a couple of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio.
0: All right, so I got to ask the question. Five, ten and a half? That, that, that's real? Nice. We, I mean, we said he was short. Yeah. I mean, but... You one, act like we haven't gone through this I, I know, Kyler Murray. I, I but... Kyler Murray felt like it was he had this speed and this explosion and it was just this difference maker that you could get past the height. And now all of a sudden you've got people talking like uh, they're terrified of taking Bryce Young number one overall, even though odds would say he's going to go number one overall. I just I didn't even though the odds say he's... I, yeah I just... aren't you supposed to beat the odds <laughs> I, I, I I'm just surprised I didn't odds aren't against Bryce Young though when you watch him play do you look at it and go "Goo, he's really tiny like I never yeah. got that. I, I don't know. I just <laughs> I just yeah, thought he I was. A, I just thought he was a great player. I never. Well, he is. He's just short. So is there? Is it legitimate concern to where it, he, there's an actual possibility somebody's not taking him number one overall? Yes. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I'm a little surprised, to be honest with you. I just I thought it was a foregone conclusion he was going to go number one overall, and then you're getting all these reports about him being 5'10.5", 195, and he's tiny And in comparison. Kyler Murray, I think, was, what, 210 when he came out? I think that was one of the, the specs on Kyler Murray. But the 5'10.5", 195 was thrown out there by Todd McShay and others. I mean, Alabama's pro day is March 23rd. What do we got to do to get him to 6'1"? What surgery? Man, are is you saying what
1: do we have to do to give him a six one? Are, are you now more worried about the weight too? Oh,
0: you can figure that out. I mean, put something yeah. in your pockets. You know, I mean, one ninety five
3: is light. That's like high school light. Two ten, two ten at a tailback or at a running back's position is. What maybe standard for par, uh standard for for what the position is, maybe two two ten. I mean, that's still a little maybe a little light. Derrick Henry was two ten at three years old. Well, I mean so he's, an, he's the outlier though.
1: Kyler Murray, by the way, measured at five foot ten, one eighths of an inch, so Young is a little bit taller, and he weighed two hundred and seven pounds.
3: Oh, That's not bad. 207 pounds isn't bad.
1: It's light, but it's not not bad. Look, I'll put it this way. In today's NFL, he can make it. All right? If you would have said this 20-some years ago where the quarterbacks didn't get the exact same protection in the pocket, the game wasn't as spread out, RPOs weren't a thing, especially for a quarterback in shotgun, and I'll get to why that matters in a second. You'd probably have more reservations. You'd say like, I need him to put on more weight. I need him to be bigger. And and by the way, he will put on more muscle mass. Now he's never going to be a guy who's over two twenty, but he'll be he'll be a little bigger by his pro day. He'll be a little bigger by the time he plays. But that's that's him. Like that's his size. That's what he's been. That's what he was at modern day. Essentially, It's what he was at Bama. It's not like he grew considerably. He's been this way. So if you're taking him, you're fully taking on that concern and that risk. But the reason why I say you know today's a good time in the NFL with how spread it out is, the RPOs, are if you look at Kyler Murray and how teams play him, they just try to keep him in the pocket. And LaVar just said how electric he is, like running and how quick he is. You know, Because they know if he gets outside the pocket, that's where he could be dangerous, running, throwing, whatever the case is. But his biggest issue is he can't see over the middle. So he's got to throw if he's in the pocket. Everything's got to be the outside. It's got to be the outside where he can find a throwing lane, either between the guard and tackle or outside the tackle. And that's where he's going to be able to have some vision. Otherwise, he's got to take, take, take a set so deep in shotgun when he is in the pocket that it's going to stress those tackles in their pass protection because they're not going to be able to to pass set and not allow that defender just to run around them. So you find yourself in this struggle where you've got to find ways of still being able to attack the middle of the field. And you can do that by implementing some creative offense utilizing RPOs. And that's where you can kind of create these, these gaps or these natural passing lanes with the way you go about reading your RPO, your run pass option on that run play. So, those are all things Bryce Young's done for a while. He'll be successful doing it. But if, if this is 20 years ago, 25 years ago, he's not being talked about as the number one overall pick.
3: It, 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 for me, it's, it's the Alabama deal. And listen, there, there haven't been crazy successful quarterbacks that have come out of Alabama to, to play in the National Football League, but they have done well and in school i i would say if size were if that's the one criticism that you're going to try to use against a quarterback bryce young being at alabama i think you have to say that puts it to to bed because those linemen and those players are giants they're big so whatever it is that he needed to figure out how to see the field and what he needed to do to be the passer that he became in college and, and has proven to be he had to do it in college and and that's something that when you look at the game film he's not let me tell you something it's hard as hell to be considered good at playing your your position and playing this sport it's it's super hard to be considered elite and it's almost impossible to become elite in 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 the college ranks To be the odds-on favorite to go number one, that's that's like you go walk outside, wait there. You have a better chance of getting struck by lightning than you do to have the rank or the odds that he has in his favor right now. That says that the book has been written on him, and and right now that book is a there's a positive storyline. He he overcomes what his what they would say is height deficit or what he doesn't check off in in the eye test uh, column. He checks it off. So I I think it's more so about there's always going to be scrutiny when you're having scrutiny-driven events that take place. And that's that's 100% what the combine represents.
0: So he's the right now, we're looking at just props courtesy of our friends at DraftKings uh, quarterbacks to go. And, and there's uh, somebody that's making some ground pretty quickly here, which we can get to later on. But right now, Bryce Young is a minus one eighty five. So an overwhelming favorite. CJ Stroud, plus two seventy five, followed by Will Levis. So the feeling is and and everybody that's talked or interacted with Bryce Young. And this is I mean, Petros talked about this, you know, months ago and Brady's brought this up. Like the character, there is no issues there whatsoever, and I think Brady, you've made the point. If he was six one, this is Andrew Luck type conversation. Trevor Lawrence generational talent. Huh. It's just the Andrew size. Andrew Luck is taller than that. Well, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying, but like, even if he was just six one, the the discussion's completely different with it this is guy, different. Yeah. and and so now we just wait to see what the plan is, who's going to move up to to number one overall to try and make the make the jump and take Bryce Young, if it's not going to be the Chicago Bears, but that is the speculation Five, 10 and a half, 190 or whatever it is uh, for Bryce I mean, Young three to
3: four inches, it makes a difference. <laughs> it definitely does I'm just saying. <laughs> hey hey for those that I say mean, it doesn't tell me does it make it, I mean, a difference for you uh i don't i mean i <laughs> think it makes a difference for everyone
0: okay that's a certain point i'm just asking ask if
1: it makes a difference for you <laughs> i mean I, i've watched him now for a while so i don't it doesn't bother me um uh, 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 with uh, where he's at okay you know, you were being literal. <laughs> I wasn't what?
3: being literal. You were being literal. Like, oh, my <laughs> God. I'm, yes, like I'm not going to cheer anybody. <laughs> I was going to say I was going to stay on my storyline, but we went back to. So, <laughs> it, all right, it, let's stay serious. Um, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> no. I really am okay with him being the size that he is. I, I I really
0: am. All right, so if he's gonna put on weight, all right, since <laughs> since we can't do
2: <laughs> he's too
0: short, he's gonna drop all the way to number seven. That's yeah, that's who you want, Birdo. Finally a quarterback Burdo's in on for the Raiders. You didn't want Derek Carr. Not a fan of Jared Stidham, apparently. Aaron Rodgers, no. You're just building, you want your, Bryce Young. You're just building
3: your excuse bank up, that's all. You're going to need it. You're
0: going to need it. No faith in Josh McDaniels' year two. Come on.
3: I just don't have any faith that their turnaround is going to be dramatic. I just don't. Yeah. Like we we've seen what they are. What what are they going to do? That so, if anything, there's the possibility they could go back, based off of losing their quarterback. We're going to find out how much of a a, a player car was for for las vegas you know we might have been like wow wow he's not good enough he's not good enough but think about the other side of it like if he wasn't good enough we're going to find out how how bad they would have been if they didn't have you know his services that's what i would assume you know what we need to do to get
0: what uh, do we need to get do? some weight on bryce young before the pro do. day what one of those uh chopper milkshakes he used to get brandy oh a yeah the
1: heavyweight canner. yeah
0: what, what, was was in that, wake like, in what was it that or 2000? Was it like a uh, ribeye steak and peanut butter? What That's was in amazing. that thing? Uh,
1: no, that wasn't anything close to that.
0: Okay. What was, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds amazing to me, <laughs> though. What was, what was, uh, yeah, I feel but, like you literally just made that up. Possibly. Uh, yeah. Listen, I'm just reading up this the teleprompter. Powder,
1: and I don't know um, what was in this substance, but I can only guess. It's, it's literally the mixture they use when you're laying bricks. <laughs> Like when you're going and making the cement for the bricks, like lay in between. I think that's part of the mixture. So he would put that in there, probably a couple heaving scoops, way too big, way more than it should have been. He'd crack a couple eggs. He'd throw in some, um, I think he threw in like a tad bit of a vanilla extract because he thought that really tweaked the flavor for me. And then he'd mix in probably some whole milk. And then from there, I'm not really sure. He kind of turns back, maybe some drops of iodine. Who knows? You know, that's, a, that's what he would always claim where the height came from. You know, he's like, oh, he just got to mix in some iodine in there. Who now,
0: knows? How old were you when he, when he started drinking those? God, way too young. I was probably like
1: <laughs> seven or eight. You know? Cause, and here's the thing. is, To his credit, I wasn't a great eater. You know, I would eat like product 19 or total, and that was about it. As far as like pretty much like my meals, peanut butter sandwiches, not even jelly, just peanut butter. And I was I was pretty picky. And so he was like I was a skinny kid. and He was just like, I got to do something to put some weight on this guy. And he, you know, went out of his way to make sure I, I you know, was getting the protein and everything else that I needed. So
3: that's it's how I much had. did you add to combine
1: two thirty three at what height? Uh, I was 6'3 and seven 7'8, something like that. So just under 6'4.
3: Think about that. Yeah. Think about how far away Bryce Young is from
0: And that. Brady hit a growth spurt afterwards. 6'9, 315 now. You saw him at the Super Bowl. Damn. Jacked. <laughs> the, him, why, you, was,
1: why do you do things like he's this? He's back on their shake. Ilavar, it, is it not weird? I mean, he's what are you just, talking about, you
3: know, the thing about Jonas and I, I've learned to appreciate it is he's a very visually driven dude and he likes being visually driven through his words. So he, oh, okay. he creates these fantasies of what what he he envisioned something to be. So I've kind of like gotten to the point of where I appreciate it, you know, I mean, come on, like in his mind, when he saw you at the Super Bowl, you were six nine, three hundred fifteen 315 pounds, yes. which that makes you Xerxes off of. Yeah. You know? yeah, I mean, listen. I, I felt like I was being pretty honest I mean, about. Well, the they appearance. should have painted you gold before you put Can, your clothes on. Great point. Know?
1: Can I ask you this, Levar? When when you are with Jonas, yes. oftentimes, do you motivate him with visual aid, like things like that? I, uh, you know? I, yes,
3: he's sitting there shaking his head at me, like, yeah, he does. That is correct. I do. Yeah, but not, but not with me. <laughs> not no 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 not with me. We just we just take journeys on browsing. We're, yeah. we're browsers. He, uh, motiva- and I didn't say brazers. I said browsers. He mot- motivates me on,
0: <laughs> on what to stay away from. Like, I'm really going to do this. Right. Uh, you know, like
3: <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> could or what him. to stay close to. <laughs> that, that is true. Yeah, I was going to say.
0: Yeah. yeah, there's all so, that stuff there.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeart Radio app.
0: We've speculated that maybe this would be a possibility. Could the Seattle Seahawks take a quarterback with the number five pick overall? You've obviously got the Bears. You've got the Texans. You've got the Cardinals and the Colts ahead of them and Seattle sitting at five and Pete Carroll and the Seahawks were hinting at yesterday that it's very unique to them picking this high courtesy of Russell Wilson and that awful season they had in Denver. And there is the potential that they could look at quarterback here. And it feels like it might make some sense. Gino Smith comes back. Maybe you do a franchise tag. Maybe you do a short term deal. And if you've got an opportunity and Brady, you've talked about this guy shooting up the draft boards if Anthony Richardson is sitting there at five how do you not take a peek at that and want to build around him and make him the quarterback of the future that feels yeah. like it could be a home run
1: yeah especially if you're in a position where you don't necessarily have to take best player available at that spot and, and I'm not saying that the Seahawks roster is there but John Schneider, over the course of his, his time in Seattle has done such a good job finding guys uh, in the mid late rounds to be impact players, starters for them uh, who, who've developed into being Pro Bowl caliber players that I think he feels confident that if he spent that pick on a quarterback um, you know, Geno Smith would be the guy for a year, kind of the stopgap and, and then they'd look to build and, and build on with that next quarterback they're looking to get behind, but Man, he's, he's got so much talent, so much ability. To me, to me, I think the biggest difference when we talk about guys who have like high upside, but they might have a low floor. Um, the low floor comes from lack of experience and lack of consistency in some of the things that you see on tape. So, for example, you know when he can put together some, some throws where he snaps his feet around in the pocket, he navigates the pocket well, all the things you're going to be asked to do at the NFL level and deliver an accurate throw, You know that's just the, the sort of thing that you want to see throughout his entire you know tape and season. Why was that Florida? And, and you wouldn't see that. You kind of see the ebbs and flows. And I don't know how much of that had to do with his supporting cast. I don't know how much of that has to do with his you know, offensive coordinator and play calling. Um, and then how much of that has to do with him and just his growth and maturity at the position. But the times that you see him, whether it's the arm strength and his ability to, you know, navigate the pocket or scramble out and just flick the ball 60, 65 yards downfield, uh, which I think is as longest as throw on tape. The ball traveled about 63, 64 yards in the air. Um, it's it's special. I mean, he's got some really, really special uh, traits to his ability to move and throw. and And he's perfectly suited for, You know, this era of football where you're not asked to play from the pocket the entire game. You you can get outside the pocket. You can design some quarterback run game. You can incorporate some RPOs, things to to make it a little easier, easier on the quarterback and how they're seeing the field. So I think it'd make a lot of sense for Seattle if they went that direction. But that has a lot to do, too, with the fact that Snyder drafted well last year. He's drafted well in the past, and I think he knows after that first-round pick he could still find some potential starters and guys to add depth with the rest of the draft.
3: If it's petty enough, I I will go with (laughs) you, you draft a quarterback, whoever it is, at that pick and you celebrate him as the first coming of a real franchise quarterback oh, to lead on. this team to, into the future if you <laughs> if you if you're subscribing to being totally absurdly petty and and that's that's kind of where I would settle in on it like it yeah. it seems as though that would be the final nail in the the proverbial co- uh, coffin um, of the relationship between uh, Pete Carroll and, and Russell Wilson and, and I just don't think that they've held any punches back against one another in terms of how they take their little shots at one another. So t- to take a franchise-possibility caliber guy at that five position, which, I mean, we there will be one at five. I I would take them. I would take – if there's a franchise-caliber guy, I would take them. Now, now, let me ask you guys this, and, and I could be off on this – is Tyler Lockett the only one that they have to bring back, or DK is done? Right, like he's not—he's not up yet.
0: Yeah, no, he signed an extension last year.
3: He signed right, yeah. right. Now, what about Tyler Lockett? Hey. Is he? I want to say he—is he? I don't know. I feel like he could be a free agent or could be available. Maybe not. It, here's the thing: if you keep those two guys in place. And you know that Pete Carroll always finds a way to run the ball. So it's not going to have – you're not going to put a tremendous amount of pressure on a quarterback. Plus, you already have success in Geno right now who could carry them for, for quite some time until that quarterback is ready. I think it's a win. I think that's a win to, to take a quarterback at five.
0: So it says Tyler Lockett signed a four-year extension back in March of 2021. 21. So so he's under so, contract yeah. so, for this so next season. I mean, they got the, the tools. And you got Kenneth Walker. You got the tools. Brady pointed out, you drafted well last year. You've got another pick in the first round at 20. <laughs> I mean, it they could, could not have gone per, better for the Seahawks than it did last they year.
3: Could, they could really, really – be a a competitive team like i mean they they showed to be a better team than what people maybe expected they would be post post uh, russell wilson but this really sets the stage for them to be a a really really different i mean they'll get don't they get adams back like he went out pretty early in the yeah. year their their defense will improve I think he went out week one they went out early yeah so i uh, i mean good for good for seattle Good for CI. I would. I would take a quarterback if I'm them. I would take a quarterback. I don't yeah. know if the the pumpkin hit hit midnight with with Geno Smith. I, I like Geno Smith. I think it's a great comeback story. Think he did well. But you know these defensive coordinators get paid to do a job too. They'll have book on him. They'll go over it, and and they'll game plan him, and we'll see if he's still able to have the type of success he was able to have this season.
0: What do you think a contract looks like for Geno Smith, Brady? Is, does it, do they just go franchise, or do they try and do something short-term and, and just say, hey, this is what it is?
1: I don't know why more teams don't use the non-exclusive franchise tag. In this case, I mean, allow the rest of the market to do the bidding for you. You're not going to have to pay them the premium that you are if you're, you're playing the exclusive franchise tag, which is like another thirteen, twelve million, something like that more. So it saves you a bit of cap space. And I think you'd be more than willing to say, "Yeah, we'll we'll pay you that for a one-year guaranteed deal," because you've played well enough. And and look, if you if you prove it two years in a row and we happen to draft a guy at five, then we could reevaluate a year from now. And maybe he's ready after his rookie year. Maybe he's not. Maybe we do this for another year. But either way, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure Gino's looking at cashing in. The hard part is is his age, the gap of time at the last time at which he was able to do it. And I think much like Daniel Jones, there's, there's people out there who want to say, like, oh, I want to see you do it two years in a row, right? Um, then they feel much more confident in what you can be as a franchise quarterback moving forward. The only difference with Geno is that's just another year getting older. And so your shelf life isn't quite as long. So, you know, he might be frustrated by it, but um, I think it'd be a good, a good opportunity to at least cash in on 30-some million guaranteed. But that would be the route that I'd go. And, and look, if you're Seattle and someone says, we're willing to pay – you know, Geno Smith, this longer-term deal It's going to pay X, you say, all right, give me your first-round picks. Go sign him to that deal. We'll take your first-round picks, and and we'll move forward. Now, so that, that could be one route they go.
0: Uh, now, you alluded, uh, Lavar to the pettiness between Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll yesterday at the Combine in Indianapolis was asked about that report, courtesy of The Athletic, pointing out that Russell Wilson may or may not have – Tried to get Pete Carroll and John Schneider fired. And uh, here was Pete Carroll's response.
2: Similar response that it's always been with with the guys that I've coached that um, I'm always going to hang with them And I'm never going to leave them and I'm gonna be there at the end of all of the good stuff and all of the bad stuff I'm gonna still be there and so uh, You know I'm, I'm hanging and uh, it doesn't matter who the guys if you, you look at all of the guys that have come to our program Just not go back to the college days, but just here at, at seattle Regardless of what has happened or has taken place or the things that have been said at all if you hang with them it all comes back around, and uh, I'd like to demonstrate that faith in the relationship and the depth of what we did together, and, uh, and hang through whatever the growth challenges bring to, to us along the way.
0: So he's definitely not getting anybody out. No. Yeah. What? what? But <laughs> I, I did find a flaw, though. That wait, wait, huh? I found a little bit of a flaw, though, with Pete Carroll's thinking um, that he's always going to ride with his guys through thick and thin. Basically, w- what about at USC? Because when, when, all of a sudden uh, things started to fall apart, I mean, he jumped to the NFL pretty quick. So I was just trying to figure out whether or not the thick and well, thin at USC would have you, applied there. Do you
3: still have? Hang on. Yeah. Do you still have the end of that that sound bite, Berto? See, because to me, I just listened. I I look for the things that are giveaways and at the end he says something that's pretty interesting. He said the growth, the growth of like, like insinuating that. Yeah. Like dude's got a lot of growing. He's got to do like, to me, that's, that's kind of how I interpret it. You got the end of it. Let's, let's listen to the end of what he said
2: and hang through whatever the growth challenges bring to, to us along
3: the way. It's It's like, to me, it's almost like he's taking a father, he's obviously coaches our father figures anyway, but but to interpret it like to finish it off with the growth challenges, <laughs> like it's kind of I, I don't know, for me, that would be a subliminal shot. I mean, they're, they're both intelligent dudes. So it's like, oh, he saying, he's saying there's a growth thing here, huh? Like I'm, I'm immature or, or something like what, what what exactly do you mean? Like it could be again, and I don't want to try to like manufacture anything or anything like that, but I'm just saying when you have a coach that sits there and says during the course of his interview that doesn't answer not one bit what he was asked and and it's like, well, I ride with my guys. It doesn't matter who the guy is, I ride with my guys. And then you finish it off with, you know, the growth challenges. It's like, okay, he'll come to his senses one day and he'll realize it. And through the good and the bad, he'll come back and we'll hug it out. And we'll be we'll be buddies
0: moving forward in defense of Russell Wilson. Wasn't there a report that came out, whether I think it might have been in 2018 that they were looking at, and they went and took a visit to look at Patrick Mahomes and some other quarterbacks or and something along those lines, and Russell Wilson found out about it and got pissed. And there was some discussions about, do we move on from him at this point? Ultimately, they signed him to the four-year extension. But it's not like Seattle hadn't poked around at potentially replacing Russell Wilson either. I mean, I don't know if they explicitly said he's gone we're shopping and we don't want any part of him like russell wilson did but i do feel like Pete carroll's been guilty of this at certain points of his career as well too and as i mentioned usc can, where he kind of bolted.
1: can it. we just be real for a second yeah. it's the nfl like it is the pinnacle of competition and and people and teams or organizations constantly trying to improve themselves and it's cutthroat as hell definitely is even if you have success, everyone's looking at getting better the next year. Like, it's ne- nothing's ever good enough. And even if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, right now, they're looking at how they can improve their roster. I mean, it sounds crazy to say, but, you know, it, you know, there, eventually there might become a quarterback that comes out that competes with Patrick Mahomes, and we look at him and might say it's better than Patrick Mahomes. You, you know what every team's going to want? That guy. Like, every, every, guy, every team right now wishes they had Patrick Mahomes. The next guy that comes out that's better than him, that's who everyone wants. And they would sacrifice a lot of things for. It's just how, it's how the NFL works. And so it's not impossible to think that Seattle, even after winning a Super Bowl with Russell and going to two, at some point didn't look at the draft class, depending on who some of those prospects were, and didn't do their due diligence, or as they should, by the way, because you never know how things turn out down the road where you might have the opportunity to trade for him. You might have the opportunity where he becomes a free agent somehow. However that's orchestrated, you never know what the future holds. So you have to do all your homework on all those those draft classes, no different than the Chicago Bears right now. When Ryan Poles is like, oh, we're still going to meet with the quarterbacks, of course you have to. You have to. Because as a general manager, you should be doing that for the Bears organization, not knowing what two years, three years holds from now. And if you're Ryan Poles, you're doing it for Ryan Poles. Because you don't know where you're going to be. And you might end up crossing paths with a team in a situation where you have to have some in-depth knowledge on these players. So, of course, they're going to do all their homework on these guys. And, of course, they're going to talk about potentially other quarterbacks. Because that's what you do. I mean, John Lynch has talked about that. You know, Pick up the phone and call on, you know Bill Belichick about Tom Brady back when he's on New England. That's what good general managers do. They make you say no. They make you say, like, oh, yeah, um, did did you even ask if Tom Brady was available? You don't know until you ask, or you know what the price is until you ask, right? I mean, that's what's crazy is people take to heart the reality of what the NFL is, and that is it is the most ruthless business that's out there. I'm sure there's some that are up next to it, but you can't allow your emotions to get involved. Like, you just can't as a player. You just have to keep trying to do the best you can, focus on you, focus on getting better, focus on winning and being as successful as you can. But at some point, like, someone's going to tell you you're not good enough again. Like, it's not like they don't tell you that at some point along your journey. Like, every player has been told that. Probably every coach at some point was told that. But even after your success, someone's going to keep telling you you still can't do it again or you're not good enough again. Like, I just don't know why guys get – they allow these fractures to happen because an organization is doing what's in their best interest. I mean, it, it's it, it just it always confuses me that no one's real with players. And they're like, yeah, dude, they're really appreciative. You just won them a Super Bowl. Now they're going to try to replace you. And if they can, if they can, if they can, if they can find someone
2: better, they're going to do that. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
0: right now we welcome in the old p on twitter petros papadakis he is the co-host of the petros and money show which you can hear on the blowtorch am 570 la sports also a fox college football analyst good morning p happy wednesday hello
4: P. hello everybody good morning morning what's up p What's Eight? going on? Not much.
0: Petros, <laughs> um, there's a report out that the Big Ten is now targeting more schools from the Pac-12. Oh, what a shock. I mean. Whatever happened to all that solidarity <laughs> that the Pac-12
4: talked about at their meetings in Arizona the other day? I mean, what, yeah. what's
0: going on, wasn't Petros? There
4: a, wasn't
1: there an allegiance or a, a pact they made or something? Yeah. It reminds me of the
4: uh, the Fox Sports seminar. Allegiance until somebody more important comes up to talk
0: to you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that means you're good, you know. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> who are you getting? Who are you uh, taking a shot oh. at there, Petros?
4: Everybody, okay. I'm with you? No, no. It's uh, it, it, this was evident, and I just I hated doing interviews in Seattle or other places or traveling or talking to the Oregon State people or the Fresno State people. Like, what do you think? You think they're going to add us to the Pac-12? It's like the Pac-12 is de- is dead. The Pac-12, as we know it, as a major conference, now, it doesn't matter as much when it comes to the college football playoff expansion, which is great for everybody, I think, except for maybe the SEC. But I believe the Pac-12 cut off a leg and then started a 10-year race with one leg bleeding out while everybody else had two feet. I'm serious. Like, it it was that stupid, The, the way they handled their TV deal. And I don't know how many times I've said it or to who, but the saddest part about it was it didn't have to happen. They didn't have to cripple themselves with a terrible TV deal when this whole thing started with a terrible executive by the name of Larry Scott. There were plenty of offers from plenty of networks that know how to do TV and, almost more importantly, more importantly to be honest have distribution and that, that's not what the Pac-12 did and for the last 10 years they've killed themselves finally the two smartest and most recognizable and most lucrative brands in the biggest city in the conference jumped off the ship to another ship right before the Pac-12 was sinking. So Mm. revenue-wise, the Pac-12 will never, ever be the same. It might not even have a name like that anymore. And, yeah, those teams are going to play big-time college football. Yeah, they're going to have a TV deal because the time slots have to be filled and people have to play at night, and they're not going to kick it off at 10 o'clock on the East Coast at least not not right now in our society, although they did tip a game at 9 o'clock in Utah the other night in college basketball on the Pac-12, which is stupid. But uh, it's over, and it's hard for people to accept. But when SC and UCLA left, the whole thing ended, and Oregon and Washington are going to look for a way out. And the problem with the Big Ten is they want to bake a big new pie, before they start slicing people like Oregon and Washington in. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to slice off a little slice of their pie and give it to the freaking ducks. You ever been to Eugene? Please.
1: (laughs) Well, I was just going to ask you. So, like, it always makes sense for Oregon and Washington to say, yeah, like, we want to join the party, or for the Big Ten to go, yeah the more the merrier let's bring in two bigger brands they they, they rate pretty well and it would make sense too, probably if you're trying to figure out scheduling to be able to have like a whole west coast swing if you will but we all know travel partners right but we all know behind this the tv partners aren't like well we're not gonna pay you more like you're just gonna have to divvy up more of what's there that doesn't work realistically though does it no so they have to have a new
4: tv deal I think it was pretty evident, Brady, when the guy, the Big Ten commissioner that's gone to the Chicago. Yeah, Warren. Really early in this process, he said something like, we're going to add, we're going to add the uh, the, the Stanford. We're going to add Cal. We're going to add Washington. And we're going to add Oregon. And then somebody, I'm assuming at Fox, said, no, you're not. And then next thing you know, a month later, he's working at the Big Ten. I mean, he's not working there anymore. And he's over for the Chicago Bears. So uh, everybody's under somebody else's control. And it's all about big macro dollars moving. It's not an extra 50 G's for this. It's not an extra 50 G's for that. We're talking about, over the years of these contracts, billions of dollars. So I get it, but you're right, Brady. A new pie will have to be baked for the ducks Ooh, and and the huskies. Sounds
1: delicious.
4: To get Mm-mm-mm. in. Yeah. If you like money, it's real tasty.
1: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know what else is tasty is uh, TikToks. You know, those dance. Uh, uh, would you stop? Oh, no.
4: oh, You know what? I'm not posting. I'm not sending you anything anymore. <laughs> what? 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 What do you mean? You did a TikTok? <laughs> no, no, I did I just, I can't. I have you. a hard time understanding why adult
0: men. Petros, you went to USC. Why aren't you doing TikToks? I, don't know, I know, right? Oh, I, there, there's
4: like a whole school for it. Uh, <laughs> oh I, I just don't understand why adult men have have turned to this medium. <laughs> I mean, I get it that poor Britney Spears' husband has to hold up the camera for her while she spots and turns around over and over and over and over and Does over she
0: go back to that Sinead O'Connor haircut anytime soon, by the way? Hey, there's nothing wrong with Sinead O'Connor, hey, okay? She's fan. had a
4: few psychotic episodes as well. But uh, Sinead O'Connor has a great, not a good, a great reggae album. Oh. <laughs> from, uh, yes, what? from about 15 years ago, she went down to Jamaica, to the Tough Gong Studios. Oh. She got together the best drum bass combo, maybe in world history. One of them just died, though. Uh, Robbie Shakespeare and Sly Dunbar hmm. and put together an all star band of musicians. I mean, people don't understand how integrated uh, reggae music and Jamaican music is with British and Irish people. And the Scots. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's very, very relevant. Like, you know, songs like Uptown Top Ranking and stuff like that they heard when they were growing up. So she, I mean, she that's a great, I think it's called Throw Down Your Arms. And she covers, you know, Peter Tosh, Burning Spear, even oh. a Boujou Bonton song. <laughs> oh. It's a hell of an album. Check <laughs> at out. Look at Petros.
3: Who knew? I would have never thought Shanae O'Connor w- ha- would have done that. Well, oh, she's a
4: fabulous musician. Oh, yes. I mean, she's you know she ripped up the thing of the pope, and it upset a lot of Catholicos, of course. On Saturday Night Live, and it made a uh, it made Frank Sinatra mad. Remember, he was like, "I'll kick her ass right out of the country." <laughs> and uh, but but honestly, her music. I mean, her biggest song is a Prince cover. That's a c- cover of a Prince song. Uh, so she's kind of a voice, you know. Like she she's written some songs, I'm sure, but. Her uh, her voice is really irrelevant. And so, uh, yes, Sinead O'Connor. Emperor's New Clothes, a good song to look for with mm-hmm. her. Fabulous
0: artist. And, yes. r- and with St. Patty's Day coming up around the corner, it's appropriate.
4: Yeah, and she just doesn't stand in one place and just rock back and forth looking uh, uh, ominous like Britney Spears does. Yeah, <laughs>
3: wow. Sinead has a good voice. Sinead and Britney. <laughs> Who knew? I don't even know what to ask. I I had a question, but uh I'm even. sorry, was it Price about young? college football? It was about football, <laughs> it but was I don't Bryce young? I'll tell you one thing, LeVar. That Penn like State came relevant. out to
4: the Rose Bowl and whooped Kyle Whittingham's ass, they, they? they? did. I mean they took it to Kyle Whittingham's flat top like no other.
1: It was I, I was there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you have you think has a flat top? Is that what you'd call that? Nah, not now, but he used to. Mm. Huh. Well. I he mean, used I always to be trust a man top. with a flat top. I don't know why. It's just the most trustworthy haircut. The like, flat dude, top
4: rock, came back, like really came back. Well, you had the guys in the Back to the Future. But remember uh, remember Beavis and Butthead? Yeah. They had the flat top uh, PE teacher. Guy yeah. from so, Street Fighter. Kick me
0: in the jimmy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Who had the flat top? Was it kid or Play?
4: Kid. Yeah.
3: Well, play play had a flat top too, but kids was super high. Eraser
1: head. I I would consider that like the flat top I'm talking about. I'm talking more like the kind of high and tight flat top.
4: Mm. You're talking about like white guy military flat top, right? Yeah. yeah like, God. Like, uh, I, 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 I
1: feel like I grew up, and I feel like I, every time I see a flat, I'm like, oh, you can trust this guy. He's, you know, probably going to be on time, probably going to be a minute. Of, dude, minute I
4: sport. was at my sister's yoga studio the other day. He's and probably going to be on time. and it, Exactly. <laughs> and a dude a dude rolled in right on time, I might add you. And he looked exactly like Guile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he so just swole. So I don't you know did what hear is. me. So you did oh, hear me. Yeah. Just like you oh, could probably trust this as hell. Guy.
3: Ivan Drago, you know. No. Uh,
1: it's like, give me the trustworthy haircut. That's a flat top. Huh. Trustworthy cu- to shoot you.
3: That's. Cu- I was about <laughs> to say, that's cultural then. Uh- I saw Christopher. I saw Christopher. Flat Ken tops are different for, in our community.
4: <laughs> what? Well, yeah, you were a da- you know dancer. Old, you were the D-board. military differs. Flat tops. Yeah. Does Pac-Man have a flat top? And uh... <laughs> no, no, wait, a, wait. Does uh, he?
0: No. Does Sean Penn have a flat no. top? And uh, let's look it up. Does this is important stuff here. All right, we're doing it live on the air. I mean, it's a
4: fine line between a short haircut on a man and a flat top. Uh, I mean, Pac-Man, G, G- Money, and uh, hey, Nino.
3: T-Money and Nino have flat tops. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, yeah. Pac-Man I mean,
0: colors. He be... definitely
1: does not. No. He yeah, doesn't? He no. no. Well, that's too no. bad. He's actually got a nice flow going. Yeah.
0: That's too bad. I, I saw a, Christopher nice Kid flow. Reed
4: once at the Marley's Bar in Phoenix, laid out, just laid out, head on the bar. He gets it in.
3: <laughs> Kid gets it in. He still yeah, gets it was, in. Did he have the
0: flat top going?
3: No. No. It's no, like, like it's like curly now. Little snakes. Hey, maybe yeah.
0: that's what uh Bryce Young should do. Grow out a flat top. We'll get to six one in a heartbeat.
4: Copy that. I mean we all saw Fletch. 6'9", six, six, with the afro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, that's not a flat top. That's not a flat yeah, top. That's too bad. No. Oh, Good hair though. All right. Well. All right. Petros.
2: Is there you, anything you else you
0: guys want? No, you no, we just we're, we called about Sinead O'Connor. We needed that cleared up. I'm okay.
3: literally putting it on as soon as it goes she's over. had
0: some problems. Sinead has had
4: some issues uh, beyond just ripping the Pope's picture. Yeah, uh, she's had some. You know, she she got married for like two hours. She's kind of a little bit like Britney Spears, but much more talented. And she has a giant chest piece tattoo now. Yes, yeah, she does. Oh. I saw that. Yeah, mm. I see chest that. piece. Yeah.
0: There's a picture of her. <laughs> there's a picture of her with a lung dart just in. Just
4: shout out a chest piece.
3: Nah, that's so weird.
4: Well, there's that more and more people
0: dart. now that like if
4: women that'll go to the tattoo place and just get their whole chest blasted out, and it's like, dude, what are you, what are you
0: doing?
3: <laughs> I mean, I had a response for that, Petro. Just but shout out chest
0: a piece? <laughs> she does. Look at that. That's a, that's a hell know, of I know, but chest the Petro. Did you just shout out
4: chest piece? Yeah, I mean, look at that thing.
0: Chest piece. Chess piece. She's got a tattoo on the side of her head, too, I think.
4: Does she have a head tattoo? I think so. Oh, the neck tattoo was the real, used to be the middle finger to society. And then the face <laughs> tattoo came, which is truly the middle finger to God. Mm. Yeah. A face
0: tattoo. Mm. Yeah. I mean. And you ain't been in jail, dude, come on now. I mean, she, she looks like a Remy off Higher Learning in some of these pictures. Oh, wow. I'm How telling dare you. you? I'm just saying she does. Am I lying? Am I lying? Well, look, uh, life has been hard. Okay. Well, man. I'm going to stay out of this not one. Not right.
3: <laughs> It's the movie. in fear that it could incriminate me. Okay. You know, Why? That's fair. Like, yeah, well, you know. That's fair.
4: You know, movies used to come out, you know, and people would not think much about, like, what, what was in them. I mean, remember Revenge of the Nerds? Loved that guy it. straight up, he raped that girl. Oh, Jesus. When <laughs> The freaking Darth Vader mask guy. Oh. And yeah. everybody. Oh, and what about the? Isn't uh, that a hate crime if you put a, a naked picture out of it, somebody? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, dude, th- th- those guys are all going to jail.
0: That's revenge porn, I think they call it. Yeah, dude, yeah. the whole revenge of the nerds thing.
1: Yeah! It, it is interesting. <laughs> no one ever calls out like those old flicks. You know. Yeah. yeah. Why do you I mean, if you, put, if you put if you put a bunch it's the of nerds calling everyone out, they would. If you put a bunch of icy hot.
4: Like, if you put Icy Hot on everybody's jockstrap on the football team, you'd go to jail. That's you'd Burn crazy. everybody's putzo off. That's crazy. <laughs> They're what? They're putzo. It's a Greek word.
0: Hey, what would Don Martin say if uh, he found uh there were people putting Icy Hot on jockstraps in a locker room? My man,
4: Alfred Rue Williams, I mean, he, he sat in the tub for four days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Petrus. One last question for you. Is it true the Greeks invented sex? Is that true? No, we were the first to document anal surgery.
4: Oh, oh wow. Okay. Did that, yep, I knew that. I knew All that right, one was going to do it. I knew that one was going to it. Right, we wrote
0: button. it down. We were the first to write it down. Uh, get I
3: him knew on that Twitter. The red at red
0: at <laughs> the old P, Petros Papadakis. Uh, he's the co-host if I of I get the, the Petros button, Money He show, better have got yes, the red button did. for that. <laughs> uh, Petros will do it again next week, hopefully. There he is. We're Ask a B-O-P. question, you'll get an honest answer. Right? <laughs> Amen to <laughs> that.
2: We, uh, we are brought to you by Discover. Petros we can talk about how complicated boy. other... Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, oh.